Hello, everyone. I'm Mike Toledo, your host on Dent Time PDR, a podcast about PDR training, tutorials, interviews, and much more. So get something to eat, drink, and start pushing. It's time to listen. All right. What's going on, everybody? What is crackalacking? Well, let me, before I get into the topic about why I got a PDR shop, and some of you are going to probably contemplate, maybe you'll take my advice, maybe you will help make you a better decision whether you should get a shop or shouldn't get a shop. Maybe you're thinking about a shop and then maybe you uh, had second thoughts after what I'm talking about. I'm not here to talk you into a shop and I'm not going to talk you out of a shop. I'm just going to basically lay down the law about what your visually think it's going to be and then what it will really reality be. However, it can be anything you want as long as you are going to work hard for it. So we'll get just into that topic. But I just want to talk about another topic. I want to continue just a little bit of story. I forgot to mention one funny part of the story about how I got into video. And I'll continue about the part where Bira asked if he could shoot me and do a video. Well, I skipped the main part about how the shot went. The shot was really good. He set up his little... HDV, a little camcorder. It was high definition video. It was like a, a I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say prosumer, like a professional camcorder. It wasn't like a cheap camcorder either. It was like a five, $600 range camcorder, but shot high definition. It was the best you could get for that, for that price range without going into the super heavy duty, you know, $2,000 cameras. Um, so, Anyways, he shoots the video, did, did a great job, but as, as any main camera guy, I don't care how good he is, if he's never shot video of a PDR tech using the right reflection, you're never going to get that, that money shot, shall I say. You know that Even for me today, and I'm sure you guys can relate that, shooting a good video clip of you doing the repair can be quite challenging. Well, you can imagine for somebody who doesn't do PDR but does video uh, quite often, still couldn't get the shot. So what he ended up doing is shooting a reflection, you know, of my of my pants of me in in the in the shot. So, anyways, we get we did the video, we did the voiceover. I was amazed that he could do it and I could do it all at his place. And. Uh, you've heard the story, and if you haven't, please listen to the last podcast and go ahead and kind of detail. I was just like, surprised that you could actually create a video uh, all in your own workplace. I mean, you didn't have to send it to someone else, and someone else had to, it, it wasn't kind of like back in the day where there was four specialists, a sound guy, and all these other people. So fast forward, we put it on YouTube. It gets a lot of hits. I mean, it's getting a lot of hits. But later on, I didn't check it. I wasn't a stat person. And uh, I started getting these emails, people commenting on it. And they're laughing like, oh, he's bleeping the dent out. Oh, he's humping the dent out. Oh, look at that. You know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? So I go and look at the video again. I'm, granted, I'm getting a lot of views on this thing. And this is like probably, I think it was, uh, late 2005, mid 2005, somewhere around there. And 
So I look at the video, and sure enough, Bira not only shoots a picture or video of me and you know the reflection of my my pants, because that's the only way he could pick it up. He was actually shooting like where my crotch was at. And why I was applying pressure, you know, the panel goes in and out, in and out. So it looked like I was actually thrusting my hips in and out of the dent. And it looked like my crotch was actually taking the dent out. It was funny, but embarrassing at the same time. So I told Bearded to take that off. I really wanted him to take it off. He goes, why are you getting so many views? I said, I don't care. Take it off. I was embarrassed. And I, but here's the thing. If I would have left it up, it probably would have been the most watched PDR video because of that reason. So my point is on this, be unique as much as possible, even if it's kind of out of the ordinary. Attention will uh, get you views and get you noticed. No, not, they, they say no bad news is, uh, there's no such thing as bad news is good publicity. It, it, I forgot how it is. No news is bad. Oh, whatever. There's no such thing as bad publicity. There you go. Well, I mean, to, I think that that really is in the beholder of the a viewer or the person of themselves. But anyways, it, I think that's a double-edged sword right there. So I had him take it down. But my main thing, too, is you guys, here's a, t here's a tip for you. Get out there and be unique. You know, do something mainly... First of all, be yourself. That's number one. Be yourself. Two, be unique. Be creative. You know, say something, do something that makes your company unique. What is it that you have to offer? And really make sure you are yourself because that's, that's the number one thing. And if you can be consistent, like I was mentioning on the last podcast, you'll go a long way. But be unique and try new things Kind of step out of your comfort zone, but don't put on a different, a whole different character. That's that's all. I mean, if you're doing it on purpose, beautiful. And as long as people know that, that works out great. But be yourself, be unique, and try to be creative, most of all. All right, so moving on to the PDR shop. All right, first of all, before I get too deep into this podcast, I want to wish everybody, all the couples, all the married couples, everybody out there, a happy Valentine's Day. As I was recording the first part of this, uh, I had to stop and go out and take my wife out to a pre-Valentine's dinner. Uh, we were actually going to go out with a couple very close friends of mine, actually my best friend and his wife. And unfortunately, his babysitter got sick, so we kept our reservations and we just went out. So again, congratulations and happy Valentine's Day to all the couples out there. I wish you many, many more years of continuous success in your relationships. And well, I'm not such a good, you know, what do you call it? relationship person so i don't know i'll just i'll just leave it there all right so let's just move on all right so let's talk about the my pdr shop uh, i'm going to give you some takes on what i've what i've really thought about you know how things have gone since since now and i've had it for almost just about three years now and 
so I'm going to go through some of the topics that we're going to talk about. I, I know I'm kind of, I'm looking at my notes, so that's why you kind of hear me kind of like hesitating here and there. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the, the shop things. Okay. We'll talk about reasons why I wanted a shop. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, reasons that make me not want a shop and, can I make it just doing PDR alone? And I'm going to answer that right away. And the answer is no. And so stay tuned on that. Why, why I, why I say that we're going to talk about the pros, the cons and the long-term goal. So that those are the topics we're going to cover on uh, my PDR shop. Now this could per very easily pertain to you. So that's why we're bringing it up. And for somebody who's contemplating getting a shop, this is probably a really good topic to cover. I've actually talked about this and we've covered a little bit about this on PDR Tool Time. Uh, Daniel Grom has had a shop for a while. Uh, Vince D'Alessandro, actually, here's the thing. I talked to Vince D'Alessandro in getting a shop for himself and he's had a shop longer than I have. And I talked him into it. So we're going to go over the reasons why I got a shop the reasons why uh, Vince has got a shop and, you know, Daniel Grom's got a shop. And I'll be honest with you, let's just talk about it right now. All, both of those guys, including a lot of shops out there, they have other avenues of income for to sustain the shop. I'm not saying that you can't make it alone just doing PDR alone. I'm not saying that. However, you better have a really good mindset or very good uh, established customer base to, to do that. I know there's a, I don't talk to him much one-on-one, -on -one, but I know a, a, a guy up in Orange County next to Vince who's been there a long time. He's had a shop for a very long time and that's beach cities PDR. And I'd like to bring him on sometime soon. I, Hey, he doesn't even know. I probably even mention him right now in this system in this podcast, but it is, uh, I know Jeff is, is one guy in California that has just sustained just doing PDR alone at his shop. That's far as I know of, I know he does offer bump repair here and there. He probably subs it out, but um, mainly he does PDR. So, okay. So owning a shop, we all know it's a PDR's dream, but, uh, that's if you fully understand the responsibility of having one. So, you, you know, you, you, you think that PDR, having a PDR shop is all glory, but it's not. Uh, I just want to let you know, there's a lot of hard work into doing it. Keep in mind, if you're a mobile tech and then you get a shop, now you're going to work twice as hard because now you got to bring the customers to you. You know the main reason why you are in the PDR business is because you are promoting that you come to the customer, right? The convenience of you coming to the customer is always going to be a good reason why they're choosing you. Now you have to bring the then bring the the car to you. Now you're making it an inconvenience, and now you're going against the competition who will come to them. So what is going to 
what is what is going to stand out for you to get that customer to come to your shop? Now, some of you already are going to keep your mobile. I think that's a huge benefit. Keep mobile. Have other techs out there going to still service your mobile service. And then you could probably do the big smashes at the house, at, at the house, at the shop. So the reasons why I wanted a shop. Okay, we're going to go down. We're going to just talk about that one. This is the first one topic. Okay, well, I wanted to feel more legit. I, I for years, for 10 years, I was renting a spot at a detail shop. Now, granted, it was a very nice detail shop. Very clean. Um, probably the last five five years, I had my own like area where I did it. The 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 years the five years before that, I still had my own stall. I'm gonna call it a stall, but it was in the open, somewhat halfway open, halfway closed. But it was still noisy. It was in the middle of downtown. There was cars. There was trains. There was homeless people. Once in a while, walking around, just I call them zombies, and they would just. It was just a lot of distractions. And then then they got a new place, which they gave me my own room to train in. But I was still there. I mean, I was still in in their environment with noise, with blowers and, and you know, and, uh, you know, those, those polishers. It was just a lot of noise. And it was kind of distracting. But for the students I trained, they they did fairly well. It wasn't like directly in super loud noise, but it was enough to, after a while, I was just like, man, I just got to get my own place. I, I, I really do. And I had a great reputation, reputation, uh, reputation. Training, sorry, I'm kind of, my thoughts are out. I just got back from dinner. So I have a full stomach and I'm, and, and uh, I've just, unfortunately, I'm hurting a little bit because I had a 18 ounce steak and I'm just ooh, it's it's hurting. So I'm trying to go over my notes and trying to be as clear as possible, guys. So, anyways, I, I just knew it was time to move on, and having a shop of my own for years, I've I I knew I wanted to get a shop. Now, keep in mind, I I told my wife I wanted to get a shop 10 years ago before I got the one I have now. And she was like, no, 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 no. You don't need a shop. You have a place. It's nice. It's downtown. It's central. And you're, you, you know, you're only going to pay so much amount of money uh, um, for rent. We don't need that big overhead, yada, yada. And she was right for the most time, for the most part, okay? But if you listen to my other podcasts or a little bit, her and I do go back and forth. I mean... It's not as, shall I say, as cordial as you would assume. Her and I really, really, we, we, we get into the trenches and we go to battle on, you know, what we, what we feel is right for the business. You know, she has her take. I have my take. My wife is more business oriented and she's a very much like a devil's advocate. She will think of the worst possible scenario that could happen i mean things that you probably won't even think of 
well, what happens if a meteorite hits the friggin', you know, yada, yada. I mean, just, just crazy things like, like something like you would never think of. And she's very hypothetical. So, like I mentioned before, if, if I really believe in it, and I fight tooth and nail, and I can get past her, it's definitely a good idea. I've had to do this with her on Dent Trainer. I've had to do this with her on a, a different business partnerships, ideas about certain things about my business. Oh, excuse me, our business. I don't want her to catch her telling me that. Our, you said your business. <laughs> so there has been a lot of battles, but it's definitely been worth it. Okay, um, and she she will let me finally have my way as long as I fight for it, and she sees that I really, really believe in it, and she will support me in it. Um, so that was one reason I wanted to feel a little more legit. Uh, Dent Time needed a real professional training center, an official training center. I, I didn't want any distractions, like I mentioned. Uh, I wanted to say this is the place for the training center and I wanted to call it uh, my home. I also wanted to grow my services, which I am starting to do this year. Right? It took me a while to establish. I wanted to make sure uh, this is something I wanted to do before I really went into other services. And speaking of that, if you guys want to take a look at something that I've been working on, it's not complete, but Hell, I'm going to put it out there right now. It is called uh, DentRemovalSanDiego.com. This is a template that I've created myself. It's It wasn't a template before. I created this from scratch. And John and I, you know, John Hiley and I, have a, uh, a new website format that we create websites off of this, this platform. And I've been building one myself that I feel very proud of. And it's called DentRemovalSanDiego.com. There are a few. There's a blog on it. There's uh, that, Although the blog might not be published yet because I've been working on the back end. So you can't see it. But uh, John and I have been working on backlinks. Uh, we've been uh, making it super professional. Having some of the photos that we've taken at Mega Media Event. We're going to be adding videos to it. So I felt it was time to add more services to it so I can build my shop business. And I, I, I want to add a paint protection film. And I've been talking to a good friend of mine named Ron Harris who has uh, definitely had a successful PDR business, but he's also had a very successful uh, paint protection film business. He add, did an add-on service to his, his shop, and he has a super clean shop. And uh, it's in San Antonio. I think it's called the Auto Spa or Oh no, Concord, Concord Salon, ConcordSalon.com. But just look them up. Uh, I'm not quite sure if that's the right one, but I remember uh, being something like that. But anyhow, he has a real successful business, and that's so I wanted to grow my business. And you guys know I'm very good at marketing or at least most of you do. And so John and I wanted to document how this website was going to go. So we've created different backlinks to it. 
Uh, we created blogs. We created SEO on it. We we made this site as premium as we could possibly make it. It's fast. It loads quick, and I run AdWords off of this site, so it is very very effective. So it's working very effective for the ad campaigns that I run off of it, and I'm getting good results on it. So if you're interested in in that. You can PM me or John, and we can get you pretty set up. But I'm not trying to pitch you on a website. I'm just letting you know that it is, you know, having a great website and making it look awesome is part of the part of the solution. But having it reacting, getting people's information, um, and making them feel comfortable and making your site feel trustworthy uh, is is important as well. So that's what I've been doing, and. Going back to a reasons why or do I feel that a PGR shop can survive on its own alone? I don't think so. I'm going to be straight up. Unless you are super busy and super established and you're the only dude in town, then, then, then yes. If you're in a hail belt area and you do eight months out of the year, do hail and four months out of the year, you're not doing that much, then yes, it's going to be sustainable for you. I think it's definitely a good investment. But if you're a guy that you're not sure and you're only going to depend it and you open up a shop and you're going to spend two to $3,000 a month for rent, maybe more just for PDR, remember you have to do probably three times as much to really start making a profit because it's not just $3,000 that you're going to pay for rent. You got to think of insurance you gotta think of electricity you gotta think of the trash anything that's beyond all that stuff on top of your rent it's going to cost you a little bit more money plus your time and your value that you're excuse me your time that you're going to be at the shop so these are some of the things that i've been learning through these three years it's not all glory but it's also how much work you put into it just like anything else If you want to get a lot out of it, you got to put a lot into it. Let's talk about the pros, okay? So, and then we'll get to the the cons, okay? So, the pros is uh, I don't have to travel, right? We don't have to travel. Customers come to me. Uh, I can take my time. So, if I get a smash, really get to just, hey, work on it for two or three hours straight, get off of it, you know? That's the great thing about doing big smashes is that, man, you can take your time when you're at the shop. You're kind of over it for a little bit. Take a couple hours, maybe go work on a tank, a gas tank, or maybe go help someone, go to lunch, come back, feel refreshed, right? You can't do that mobile. It's like you, 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 you are stuck on it and you are on it. It could be five, six hours on a smash at someone's house. In fact, we did that not too long ago. And it, it, it sucks, kind of. You know, it takes a toll on you. you know, even though you can, you can do it, but if you do a few of those a week and you're not taking any breaks, it takes a toll on you, physically and mentally. And customers generally don't bargain. So when you throw a price at them and you have it on your wall or you have a price guide in front of you, you have a chance to talk to them in person they're generally not going to bargain with you because 
they know that for some reason they respect a shop. Okay, you have overhead. You have things that you have to pay for. You have brick and mortar. You, it's more legit than if they came. You come to them and then you're pulling numbers out of your butt, which I hope you don't. I hope you have a price guide and I hope you're using Mobile Tech RX or something that sustains that your cost is the, worth the value of what you charge. Uh, my tools are all all there. You guys know you might some some most of you probably seen my shop. It's really nice. It's clean. It's organized. I love that about my shop. I love that I when I when a customer comes for an estimate, I make sure they see my shop. I make sure they see the investment that I make to make sure that I'm going to give them the best repair possible. They look at me and go, wow, this guy's really, really invested in his company and he takes a lot of pride in his, in his shop. And damn straight I do. And damn straight I will let them know. I'm not afraid to let them know that I put a lot of money into my business, especially the tools, because I care about the industry. I care about what the, the repair I'm going to do. So... I think a lot more of us should be doing that too as well. You know, you're not bragging either, guys. So remember that. You're not bragging. You're applying for a job. Always think like that. You think think like that, you won't have a problem doing what you're doing. And who gives a crap what the other PDR techs think of you? You got to make a living. As long as you ain't doing nothing crappy and, you know, hurting the industry in general or as a whole, you need to keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen to the haters because there always will be haters. And those haters are just people that just don't, unfortunately, care much about what they're doing. They're jealous. Or as my kids say, Dad, they're so jelly. They're so jelly. They don't even say the full jealous. They say jelly. So let them be jelly and don't let that uh, dictate how you run your business. Okay. Uh, another pro is I can keep a car overnight. No, that's another big pro. Big smashes, keep the car overnight. You don't have to do. You, you know, here's the biggest thing when I was when I was doing had a shop. I always felt like I had to get the car done within two to three hours most. Even smashes, like I had to get it done within two to three hours because I was so programmed when I was at you know excuse me when I was doing mobile. That's that's the time limit you had, man. Like two to three hours. If you book three jobs, man, you had three hours max to be on the on the job to do a dent. And you had to go as quick as you can. Damn straight, I was quick. I was fast. I ninety percent of the time I did it. Ten percent of the time I'd have to come back. But you don't have that problem anymore when you're at the shop. Almost customers expect you to keep the car, especially when you got big smashes. It's got it's good. Generally on big smashes, I take tell them one to two days, sometimes three days. They're fine with it. They never hesitate to tell you, okay, cool. They don't don't say, oh man, I need my car back in two hours. In a way, they think that you're a body shop. So take advantage of that. The other thing is it's easier to work with insurance claims because now the insurance claims take you more serious. You you know it's very hard to kind of like work with an insurance claim and go to the customer's house, meet the adjuster. Yet you don't know when exactly the time they're going to be there. You know, I maybe most of you don't, but 
when you're at the shop, they don't just show up like they don't tell you, oh, I'll be there right at one o'clock. They don't. They'll I'll be there between one and two, blah, blah, blah. But you have a more of an opportunity to work with insurance companies when you have a brick and mortar. And you're likely to be a preferred vendor for insurance as well. So that's another topic too. How do you become a preferred vendor for insurance companies? Not a DRP, just a preferred vendor. That's a good topic. And you can do it. You just If you have a brick and mortar, you should be considering doing that. Because you really want the adjusters to think about you first than, than a body shop especially if there's no paint damage. Uh, one of the other pros is location. Location, location, location. Okay, I have, I'm have a pretty good location, but I'm going to talk about the cons of the location too as well in the next, um, when we get to the cons. But location, my location is pretty decent. I'm right off the freeway off-ramp. When you get off the freeway off-ramp, you see my, I have uh, in the front windows, I have a uh, perforated, signage up so you can see the, the the signs in the window it's pretty cool looks like my business card talks about you know, paintless damn repair texture photos right there right there in your face easy peasy easy to read not clustered it looks awesome okay create workshops days for your car clubs so you can invite car clubs different ones to come to your shop it works both ways. They love clean shops. They like places where they can meet and hold a, a meet or hold a, you know, a tech day for them where they can get their dents done. Maybe they can work on their cars. You know, if you have something like that, you're going to generate some leads. You're going to generate, uh, a, you know, a lot of different opportunities for yourself. So that's, that's, that's a pro. Okay. Now your cons. I'm going to move right along, guys, because it's been pretty late and I thought, uh, for me personally, so I got to put this podcast out. The cons is, well, extra expense like rent, electric, trash, and insurance. That stuff adds up. And maybe you got to turn on the heater sometimes. Maybe you got to uh, turn on the AC during the summer. You know, that could fluctuate anywhere between 100 to $300 extra a month. Maybe you, have, you maybe you have a busy shop, but that's a good thing. So that won't affect it, but that's a good thing. You always got to keep the customers comfortable. You got to pay for Wi-Fi. You got maybe cable. I don't know if you're going to, if you would do go that far, but Wi-Fi for sure, because your customers are waiting around. You got a lot of little extra expenses that you got to think about that you weren't thinking about before. You just think a shop is all glory but it's not. The other thing is, is that if you've been doing PDR, mobile PDR for a long time, you're used to going home at, you know, whenever you want. Whenever your job was done, most of the time, you guys go home. You know, I was home sometimes between 2 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Made $1,000, $1,500. I was home. Can't do that no more when you have a shop. Can't do that. You got to be there, nine to five. And if you, I hope most of you aren't giving up your mobile. I hope most of you are actually hiring another tech or have a subcontractor tech where 
they're out there doing your mobile because you're going to lose a lot of business if you're just thinking about just going straight into uh, to a shop and you think your customers are going to still want to travel to you because they won't. They still want that that convenience. So have a plan like that because that's a big con. If you you're now you're flipping to the other side. You're you if you don't stay central where it's easy for most of your customers to come to you, they're not going to come to you. I know my San Diego customers are not going to drive 40 miles, 50 miles to come to my shop. They're going to they're going to say, "Hey, send your best guy." And that's what I've been doing. You'll work twice as hard, guys. Be prepared to work twice as hard when you are going to get a shop. It's the 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 money's not just going to tr- come trickling in and and flowing through. You have to work your ass off. Yet you you, now you're promoting for your mobile and promoting for your your shop. You have to market like a gorilla, dude. Like really hard, really fa- really good. You have to change all your websites. You have to have two locations now. You have to have you know your Yelp. You have to up, update everything. You have to promote, 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 promote. Otherwise, you're gonna die. So you got to promote it. You're also under contract, so you are committed. Generally, within for three years, I would say minimum that most. People are going to have you sign a lease for. I hardly ever seen a, a, a month a month or a year. It's usually two to four or five years. I just signed a lease again. We signed mine. Mine's five years. Just signed it because I want to keep the the rent down to three percent every year because they're going to raise it up on you. So the longer you go, generally the better deal you're going to get. So we'll talk about the lease too. Lease versus own as well. As I mentioned. You're going to have to work your butt off, which now you're going to put more pressure on yourself. This is another con. So you're going to put twice as much pressure, maybe three times more pressure on yourself when you have a shop because now you've got to make a profit. If you don't make a profit, then it's not worth you doing. So you need to double check what you, if you're going to get a shop, is it going to be worth it? How are you going to get your shop? Okay. Okay. Are you getting your shop because you, you just you think that it's just going to f- come right through to you? You're going to make a lot of money? It's not. It's not going to. You, oh, because you, you had such a successful mobile business that you think customers are just going to come right to you. It's not. Believe me, I, I, I market my butt off. I'm good at what I do. But I still have to work to get people in the door. Marketing changes all the time. Why do you think we have mega media event every, well, we used to have it every six months, but we decided to do it every year because it's just too much of a big obligation between John and I, we, we have things going, but it changes rapidly. I mean, literally every three to six months, it's different. You know, what might've worked six months ago could, could change you know, another six months. So you got to be on top of your marketing if you want to have a shop. You want people to keep coming to your door, you got to keep working at it. It's like knocking at doors uh, at the wholesale. That's exactly what it's like. You've got to constantly work at it. And if you're not willing to work your ass off two or three times harder than what you're normally doing, then don't get a shop. If you think that PDR alone is going to bring you all the business that you want, 
Think again. I really do. I want you to think really, really hard about if that's something that you're willing to to sacrifice your time from your family, put a lot of money into it. Set, you know, you got to invest probably right off the bat. If you get a shop, you're going to probably spend anywhere between ten to thirty thousand dollars to get it to get it to the get it to the caliber that you want. Because you can invest in paint, flooring, pictures, office desks. You know the the setup, toolboxes, storage, flooring. I mean, like I said, flooring. All, all kinds of different stuff that you you don't think about when you go in there. You you don't just go in and at least if you do, you, then you sh- you shouldn't be doing that anyways. But you shouldn't just get a, a place and just cold turkey start like bringing cars in. It's just uh, unless you're doing hail. You know, customers aren't coming to the shop. You're bringing cars there. But that's something to think about. My long-term goal, I want to buy a building. That's my long-term goal. Because long time, uh, building, buying a building is an investment. When you buy a building, it's an investment. You have a little bit more, shall I say, stake at it but you 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 can get more return out of it when you at least something that's never yours you're just pitching money away yes i signed up for a five-year lease yes you're right definitely i'm also not ruling out if i want to get out of the lease or buy something in the near future so my long-term goal is to buy a building one of my other long-term goals would be Possibly to sell dent time. Like everybody has a price. Everybody is building a business for a reason. Now, it's much easier to sell a business when you have a brick and mortar than when you don't. That's just the God-given truth. If you have a, a brick and mortar, it's much easier to sustain a value on that than it would be just a mobile service. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do it because there has been people have done it. But when you have a brick and mortar and you've built it and you've, you've created a system for it and it's running successful, then there's a good chance you could sell it for a lot more than any mobile business you could, could have had. Now, when you have a brick and mortar and you sell dent time or you sell your business, when I sell dent time, I'll have a residual income for the building. I can still keep the building. I can, whoever, it, it doesn't even matter. If, if I sell dent time and they don't even live, they don't even stay there anymore, I still own the building. Whoever's in there, I'm collecting residual income. And the long-term goal, as always, which I'm always continuing to do, and I have been doing is creating a system so the system runs the business and we can run the system. That's what that's what I do. Everything I do has a system from text messaging to scheduling to even a review. System. Customers go on my site. There's a system there. There's a chat box. There's a there's a form that they can fill out. They can text message me. Boom, I take over. 
and the system takes over. You got to think about that. How how can you be productive? Because you cannot be very productive if you don't have a system in place, guys and ladies. You know, a, a, you know, Mobile Tech RX creates a technically a system for you to help you price things out, to help you write an estimate, to help you invoice, to help you manage the back end of your business. Why can't you do everything else? Why can't you set help set up an estimate when someone text message you or have someone someone calls you or comes to your shop? What's the system that you have in place to help that customer move along? I'm going off topic here. I'm just kind of like going systems, but really that's when a, that's when a business really has value is when it has a system in place where someone can actually take over the business where you don't have to be there. You could be across the world in Australia or if you have a business in Australia all the way in America and that business is still running smoothly. You could die. If you die tomorrow, can your business run without you? That's when you know you have a business. Can your business run if you die tomorrow? Can your wife take it over? Can your husband take it over? Can your kids take it over? Will it still be able to run itself without you? Because if you don't have a business, you don't, I mean, if, if you don't, if you don't run and have a system, right, you don't have a business. That's what I've been saying all for a long time. And if you want to know where I got that from, because it sticks with me all the time. You can go check out that book on the audio book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I guarantee you it's going to stick. It's going to help you reevaluate your business. Just remember, always ask yourself your that question. When you know you're close to, to where you want to be, if you die tomorrow, can your PDR business still run like a business? Because remember, if you don't have a system in place, you don't own a business, you own a job. So that, that's something to think about. So is a PDR shop worth getting? I don't know. You're going to have to answer yourself that question. You have, some, you have some questions to ask yourself and you only know that yourself. I'm basing that off of my experience. Do I think a PDR shop can run just off PDR alone? I would say probably 75% of the chance, no. Unless you have a lot of retail business next to you, a lot of wholesale business, like you're you're the main person, you have nothing but that, hell yeah, then get it. But if you don't you don't have a big clientele base and you hopefully, hey man, I'll just open up a shop, I'll get business there, and you don't have a plan to get business into the side of the shop, then don't do it yet. You you've got to really contemplate about how you're going to do it. Now why did I get a shop? You guys know because I train. I, I train professionally PDR uh, students and it's, it, it is successful and I'm, I'm very blessed to, to do that. But I marketed myself a certain way to, to do that. And I've became very, very good at what I do when it comes to training people. 
I don't know how well it would have survived. I probably would have gotten into more different services at the shop sooner if I wasn't training. Now, you, you, some of you know that I already have a bumper repair division, which does very, very well, but there's no technically reason for me to do bumpers just alone at the, at the shop because then, personally, be careful. There's a fine line when you're doing bumper repairs, small scratch repairs, and then auto body repairs because every shop that I've seen that's offered bumper repair and minor, minor, in quotations, scratch repairs has turned into a body shop. And that becomes a giant headache. Every person has gone into a body, a body shop. And I didn't want to do that. I knew that. I've got friends who, who, who've been down that route. So be careful about getting into the auto body business or getting into the paint repair division or the 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 bumper repair as long as you know where you draw the fine line you'll be fine because otherwise you just became a body shop and that becomes a really big headache and then you, you're dealing with a whole new animal now i'm going to talk about why i want to get into paint protection film why why i'm not getting into full detailing and you know auto body i just explained why i don't want to get into auto body Detailing drives me nuts. It's messy. It makes the shop really messy. It's loud. Uh, there's a lot of problems that could go along with detailing, along with paint repair. Now, paint repair is probably the number one thing where people complain. They complain about specks of dust, yada, yada. If you ever look at any of my reviews, the one stars I do have are generally about paint repair. And... It's going to happen. You're going to get some bad reviews if you do if you get into the auto body business. You're you're going to you're going to get more bad reviews in that department than any other business. So I picked paint protection film. So I feel like I think that is a another profitable business if you do it right and you market it right. PDR is is good as well. I I subcontract out my wheel repair and I feel like it's it's a very good profit. I've worked out a deal with, with the guy I've been using for years and he treats me fair. I don't feel like I even need to touch that division. I don't need to have someone specifically do it for me directly. It works out great. I don't bite the hand that feeds me. I'm not greedy either. Another thing is, is that when it comes to money, people act funny. Don't be the funny guy. Because in the end, it's not really worth it. Try trying to make more, a little bit more money, and and screw the person who's actually helping you out. So that's where that's my take on a PDR shop. Can you sustain a PDR shop by itself? I don't know. Some of you can, most of you won't. So be careful about jumping into a shop. And if you got a good business plan, you've got a good client base. You've got wholesale dealerships, body shops who will bring you cars, and you're doing big smashes, and you got, you know, you can sustain that. Then by golly, then do it. But if you have no idea yet, then I would feel it out, build something around it, maybe test the waters, start building your other services, see if you can 
you can maintain that and then get a shot. But really, really put out the pros and cons. Talk to your wife. Talk to your friends. Talk to your advisors. Really take your time and see if that decision is going to be a good one. So that's my advice. That's my take on you know where I'm at. And believe me, I, I love my shop. I, I take great pride in it. But uh, I, I just wanted to share what, what, I, what my experience has been so far. And I, I hope it helps you, you guys out make a better decision for yourselves. So I'm Mike Toledo. I just want to say goodbye. Happy Valentine's Day to you guys and gals out there. I hope you guys are enjoying your day out there and don't eat too much. And, uh, and fellas, don't spend too much on your, well, shoot, what am I saying? Spend a lot on your wives and your your girlfriends and ladies treat your man right okay they work hard um, and give him a break all right i'm out of here i'll talk to you guys later i'll see you guys on the next podcast